and go blue. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's that? And off his box, the box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. Happy 2020. This is the first Pandora's Lunchbox of 2020. And I'd like to thank Arbel for doing the show last week for me. Appreciate that very, very much. Well, speaking of holidays, which we just had, this is actually the ninth night or the ninth day, depending on how you look at it. So we've apparently got nine drummers drumming tonight. Not not in the studio right now. It's really rather quiet. We had eight maids a-milking yesterday. They had to clean everything up. Seven swans a-swimming. They had to clean the pool out, all that. But it's the ninth day today. And the fact that we're still looking at the days of Christmas is going to figure into tonight's show and the food and culture and stuff. So if you're tired of the Yule lads hanging around your house like a bad hangover, well, according to Icelandic tradition, the Yule lads should be leaving this week. That's good news, huh? First of all, the sausage swiper will be leaving today if he hasn't already. The window peeper leaves tomorrow. The doorway sniffer, my favorite, will be leaving on Saturday. Your friend and mine, Meat Hook, will be leaving on Sunday. And finally, the candle stealer will be leaving on Monday. And all the Icelandic Yule lads will be gone for another year. Man, I'm telling you. What is this, a bed and breakfast? I don't know. Meanwhile, Loudon Wainwright III is having trouble dealing with the after-effects of New Year's Eve and the holiday season. And he's got a little song about that now, and uh, you got to keep an eye on that guy. I don't know how he's doing. We'll see how he's... Uh, uh, Loudon? What do you think? What do you think? Loudon? Yeah? All right, here we go. Machine is on, and this song is called Wine with Dinner. Don't know who I insulted Maybe it was you The drinks I had resulted In a tirade or two I went downtown to get in trouble I accomplished that Drank some drinks, flew off the handle, right off of the bat. Drinks before dinner and wine with dinner and after dinner drinks. Single entendre help me, Rhonda, look for my cufflinks. Come with me. Sometimes when I drink too much, the next day I can't think. 
Sometimes when I drink too much, the next day I can't drink. Sometimes when I drink too much, I feel like growing up. Sometimes when I drink too much, I cannot get it up. Drinks before dinner and wine with dinner and after dinner drinks. Sing along, Tonra, help me, Rhonda, look for my cufflinks. Come with me. There he goes. Maybe somebody should follow him to make sure he's okay. Loudon, you okay there? Is that right? All right. Loudon Wainwright III and uh, Dranks Before Dinner. That's a mighty fine song. I've never played that on the show before. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Wino. There's a sentiment that knows no time of year. It's Pandora's Lunchbox. Happy New Year. And, you know, it's King Cake, King, I mean, it's such a special time I can't even say it. It's King Cake time again. What is King Cake? It's a cake, no kidding. Well, let me tell you something about King Cake, in case you don't know. In some countries, a King Cake is associated with the Festival of of Epiphany at the end of the Christmas season. So the 12th day of Christmas is this Sunday, and the Epiphany is on Monday. The king cake is named after the three kings in the legendary story. The cake started out roughly 300 years ago as a dry French bread-type dough with sugar on top and a bean inside. Now it comes in all kinds of varieties, depending on the country. In 1870, in the French tradition, the bean inside was replaced by a variety of figurines made of porcelain or, more recently, plastic. The person who finds the trinket in his or her slice becomes king for the day 
or in, and we'll have to offer the next cake. And King Cake is really big in New Orleans. This Monday, folks in the city will start holding parties especially dedicated to King Cake. Why? Because Monday is the start of the Mardi Gras season. There's a plastic baby inside the King Cake. Originally, the baby was placed in the cake to symbolize baby Jesus. And fava beans were also used to represent Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Fava beans were once used to represent Jesus. I don't know that part of the Bible. There's a lot to learn when you learn. Today, the baby symbolizes luck and prosperity to whoever finds it in their slice of cake. That person is also responsible for buying next year's cake or for throwing the next Mardi Gras party. In some traditions, the finder of the baby is designated king or queen for the evening. The frosting on the king cake is typically made with confectioner's sugar in the Mardi Gras colors of purple, gold, and green. So I found a song about king cake on YouTube. Usually my preference is to get it on a higher quality format, but I didn't find it elsewhere. So I hope this will be of satisfactory sound quality to you with enough sugar content. It's a good song. Here's King Cake by Big Al Carson. It goes like this. Something good to eat Rich and true is what I treat Ice and sweet will tempt the soul Mighty Gras colors, green, purple, gold Cake, there's nothing like it Cake, you gotta try it Waiting inside Around the cinema Now baby hides Cut a slice And take a bite You might get lucky And win tonight Cake, cake There's nothing like it Cake, cake You gotta try it Cake, cake From New Orleans Cake, cake You heard about Party ride. 
If you want to have some fun A King Cake party is number one King Cake, nothing like it King Cake, you gotta try it King Cake, from New Orleans That's right, King Cake. That is Big L. Carson. That's from a compilation called Super Mardi Gras on the Mardi Gras record label from 2008. King Cake. Enjoy your King Cake if that's what you're doing. On King Cake Day, 12th night in New Orleans, that's actually the Epiphany, so the night after 12th night. Why Why do they never call it 13th night? Does that sound unlucky? I don't know. But I do know this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's almost quarter to seven. That means it's almost time for Face the Music with Arwolf at 7. A wonderful, wonderful show at 7, full of music, mostly from the first half of the 20th century. Lots of wonderful music. Then at 8, it's Shimmy Shimmy Goko Bop, and you just got to keep listening nonstop to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. That full schedule is at WCBN.org. You can also see a little bit on the website about what I've been playing. So we lost some very fine musical people in 2019. It was just last Sunday, the 29th, when Neil Innes died. Neil and some friends formed the Bonzo Dog Band, which created a lot of great oddball music. And the band appeared in the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour film. I've heard a lot of their music on WCBN. I believe Arwolf introduced me to a lot of their music. In the 70s, Neil Innes collaborated with Monty Python, writing lots of songs for the series and the Python movies. Like Brave Sir Robin, he wrote that one from the Holy Grail. After that, Innes and Eric Idle formed the Ruddles, an affectionate pastiche of the Beatles. The Ruddles were, needless to say, you know who the Ruddles were, Ron Nasty, Dirk McQuickley, Stig O'Hara, and Barry Wom, of course. Neil Innes was the John Lennon-type character Nasty, and he wrote all the Ruddles songs, including this poignant number here, Another Day, which is, to me, the, the perfect mix of sublime and ridiculous. Beautiful melody, very poignant, and at the same time, completely nuts. Or just odd. Or d- Anyway, here's the Ruddles, right? Okay. Times like these when enemies can number more than friends A friend indeed is what I need, not someone who pretends I'm on my way, I cannot stay another day You're such a pain, must I explain my every meaning to you It's such a drag the way you nag at me and make me feel blue I'm on my way, I cannot stay another day you're so pusillanimous, so oh, yeah. Nature's calling animals, go yeah. 
glass of wine with Gertrude Stein I know I'll never share But I don't mind, that's just the kind of course each man must bear I'm on my way, I cannot stay another day You're so pusillanimous, oh yeah Nature's calling and I must go Ain't it beautiful and silly? You're so pusillanimous, oh yeah. A glass of wine with Gertrude Stein I know I'll never share. Ah, I wish you could have stayed another day, but that in fact was the great Neil Innes and the Ruddles, and we lost Neil Innes on Sunday the 29th, and that was another day. I've played as the, the Ruddles' wonderful song, also extremely poignant, uh, Cheese and Onions. We'll have to play that again sometime very soon. In the meantime, it was only Friday the 27th that we lost Jack Sheldon. He was a jazz musician who played with people like Frank Sinatra, Lena Horne, and Peggy Lee. He also sang on the Schoolhouse Rock series in the 70s. That's him singing I'm Just a Bill. And this song, which has some food references, Conjunction Junction, here's Jack Sheldon with Terry Morell. goes like this. And phrases and clauses Conjunction, junction How's that function? I got three favorite cars That get most of my job done Conjunction, junction What's their function? I got and, button, or They'll get you pretty far And, that's an additive Like this and that But, that's sort of the opposite Not this, but that And then there's or Making them run right Milk and honey, bread and butter Peas and rice Hey, that's nice Dirty butt happy, digging and scratching Losing your shoe and a button or two He's poor but honest, sad but true Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up two cars to one When you say something like this Choice, either now or later Or no choice Neither now nor ever or that the growth in or fat never mind i wouldn't do that i'm fat enough now conjunction junction what's your function hooking up phrases and clauses that balance like out of the frying pan and into the fire he cut loose the sandbags but the balloon wouldn't go any higher let's go up to the mountains or down to the seas you should always say thank you or at least say please and phrases. 
phrases and clauses and complex sentences like In the mornings when I'm usually wide awake I love to take a walk through the gardens and down by the lake Where I often see a duck and a drake And I wonder as I walk by just what they'd say if they could speak Although I know that's an absurd thought Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up cars and making them function Conjunction, junction, how's that function? I like tying up words and phrases and clauses. Conjunction, junction, watch that function. I'm gonna get you there if you're very careful. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? I'm going to get you there if you're very careful. He's going to keep getting us there wherever he is right now. Jack Sheldon, thank you for all the great music and for being on this earth. It's Pandora's Lunchbox. Arwolf has entered the room, and he's getting ready to help us face the music at 7. Isaac Asimov was born 100 years ago today. I'm sure your question is, what does this have to do with food? Yeah, I knew you'd ask. Well, the name Asimov derives from the first part of Ozimyi Kleb, meaning the winter grain, specifically rye, Isaac Asimov's great-great-great-grandfather dealt in rye. The author also published a short story in 1976 called Good Taste. According to Wikipedia, the plot summary is as follows. Chalker Minor returns from his grand tour, including a visit to Earth, to his home on Gammer, which is one of several artificial satellites orbiting the moon. The introverted society of Gammer specializes in artificial computer-designed food flavorings much in demand in Earth, to the point of shunning natural food grown in, quote, dirt, unquote. Chalker is inspired to enter the annual competition for flavoring using something new and radical. I'm not going to do a spoiler, though. But the mastery of microfoods food, microfoods is explored in the story, and it comes up again in Asimov's novel Prelude to Foundation. Isaac Asimov was born 100 years ago, January 2nd, 1920. And going well farther back, going to a website called Ars Technica, which is a really interesting website, Keona N. Smith wrote a story recently saying a newly discovered cave painting that's nearly 44,000 years old is the oldest story ever recorded. And wouldn't you know, it's about the pursuit of food. Of course it is. Specifically, it's a hunting scene. It was found on the Indonesian island of Sulawesi. This painting shows wild pigs and dwarf buffalo called Anoa facing off against a group of strangely tiny hunters in monochrome dark red. A dark red hand stencil adorns the left end of the mural almost like an ancient artist's signature. At first glance, it seems to suggest a game drive in which people flush animals from cover and drive them toward a line of hunters with spears or other weapons. But up close, the tiny hunters don't look quite human, Many of them have strangely elongated faces, more like animal muzzles or snouts. One has a tail and another appears to have a beak. Archaeologists say they look like the kind of human-animal hybrids that show up in cultures around the world, including cave paintings in France. The creatures loom many times larger than the hunters against them. It looks like a scene out of a legend, not a dry record of another day's hunting. 
Some of the archaeologists say this could be the first record of spiritual relief, spiritual belief, thank you, and our first insight into what the makers of cave art were thinking. Very interesting article from Ars Technica. And getting back to the nitty-gritty here, and they were talking about growing things in dirt. Well, there's some Michigan news here, if I can just dig that up here. Hold on just a quick moment here. A mid-Michigan community has solved the mystery of an obnoxious odor. Residents called officials in Delta Township last month concerned about a smell they thought might be natural gas or sewer leaks. The Lansing State Journal reports Township Manager Brian Reed and his staff figured out that the smell came from rotting radishes. It was the unseemly smell of decomposing daikon radishes, that's a Japanese root vegetable. They had been planted in fields in the township and surrounding areas as a cover crop after a wet spring. And let me pause there. What is a cover crop? I've heard the phrase, oh yeah, it's a cover crop. What's that? It's like on the cover? Right. So it's a crop that's grown for the protection and enrichment of the soil. The spruce.com says cover crops are commonly used to suppress weeds, manage soil erosion, help build and improve soil fertility and quality control to help build and improve soil fertility and quality help people who are trying to read sentences on the radio control diseases and pests and promote biodiversity so this cover crop got really stinky but consistently colder weather should nip the stench in the bud we hope And another piece of Michigan news. Before we go, a Michigan company that makes self-driving food delivery vehicles. This is from the Associated Press. They'll begin testing them in Ann Arbor tomorrow. Ann Arbor-based Refraction AI makes the Rev, an autonomous robot that's five feet tall with wheels and a fuselage that can hold delivery bags. The company will begin using its Revs tomorrow to make meal deliveries from four restaurants to a test group of 300 customers in Ann Arbor. We've come a long way since 44,000-year-old cave paintings hunting for unusually large animals, haven't we? This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a while, and I'm going to be Mike all year so far, as far as I can tell. Thank you for listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Never, ever stop doing that, okay? It's Arwolf and Face the Music next. And about radishes and rotten radishes... I was looking for the song Plant a Radish from the musical The Fantastics. I couldn't find the original recording from back in 59, I think it was, but I did find, in the nick of time, a recording of the off-Broadway cast recording from Looks Like from the Tiny Print 2006. I dearly hope this is as hokey as the original. Here, from The Fantastics, is Plant a Radish. Here you go. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. How's your garden? Growing. Mine too. So dependable. Gardens go on growing. Yes, indeed they do. I tell you, I love vegetables. It's true. I love them too. Plant a radish, get a radish, never any doubt. That's why I love vegetables, you know what you're about. Plant a turnip, get a turnip, maybe you'll get two. That's why I love vegetables, you know that they'll come through. They're dependable, they're befriendable. They're the best pal a parent's ever known. While with children, 
it's bewildering You don't know until the seed is nearly grown Just what you sow So plant a carrot, get a carrot, not a Brussels sprout That's why I love vegetables, you know what you're about Life is merry if it's very vegetarian A man who plants a garden is a very happy man Beanstalk, get a beanstalk just the same as Jack. Then, if you don't like it, you can always take it back. But if your issue doesn't kiss you, then I wish you luck. For once you planted children, you're absolutely stuck. Every turn of green, every kidney bean, every plant grows according to the plot. It's hodgepodge For as soon as you think you know what kind you've got It's what they're not So plant a cabbage, get a cabbage, not a sauerkraut That's why I love vegetables, you know what you're about Life is merry if it's very vegetarian A man who plants a garden is a very happy man A vegetarian Oh, that was delightful, Mike. I think that holds up to the original quite well. I think it does, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, a show like The Fantastics, um, anybody who has it together to really pull it off is bound to pull it off. That's just my opinion. Let's see. Um, 7 o'clock. Rapidly advancing upon 7 o'clock in the evening. This is Radio Free Ann Arbor. We are the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement broadcasting from the University of Michigan, conspiring to help you to deprogram yourself before it's too late. And it's never too late, which is why I'm here with another dose of therapeutic, analgesic, old-fashioned recordings, beginning with something I'm going to send out to my friend Alex Belhaj, who's come up to these latitudes just to make sure we're all okay. Then he's going to head back down, I guess. He resides down around the, um, the Delta regions of the United States, south of Memphis, right? And anyway, this is Teddy Bunn, the guitarist, recording for Blue Note Records in 1940. Jelly Ball Morton's King Porter Stomp. You remember Yes, he wrote this for his friend whose name was Porter King. <laughs> 